Hi, it's Mickey Dolenz here. You're listening to Inspirato Projecto. Welcome to Inspirato Projecto. What you are about to hear is from uh, July 15th, one day after the Harmonic Convergence. By the way, if you've heard those episodes, thank you so much. Those are bits and pieces of some of the uh, wise people that were on the Harmonic Convergence, which took place July 5th through the 14th on Facebook Live. So tonight, oh, well, first I'll get to that second. Uh, so, th- so this, what you're about to hear is from a piece of a Zoom call, a Zoom get-together, and uh, had a lot of people who are from the Harmonic Convergence, and Mark Sims, who put together Harmonic Convergence, was there on the call. And uh, so I thought, ooh, this is great. And he was descri- he's describing a diagram. And uh, you'll hear Maripaz Martinez. Maripaz sounds to me like Mariposa. Mariposa, which means butterfly in Spanish. So I call her the cosmic butterfly or the cosmic fairy. Uh, she, I met her through the harmonic convergence. And so people are asking Mark Sims questions. They're asking him questions, and she pops on there, and you get to hear what happens. And uh, so if you're into this kind of thing, if you're into fringe theories, UFOs, if you like that kind of thing, uh, sit back and, uh, and check it out. All right? And heck, maybe pass it on to pass it on to people. Tonight, which is the seventeenth, he's going to be on Zoom again, and so we're going to do a what is called the CE six meditation, close encounters of the sixth kind meditation, with the intention of bringing about bringing about um, extraterrestrial contact. You know, it's so interesting. This little hummingbird has been. <laughs> It's been coming around here. Every time I talk about this stuff, the little hummingbird appears. And I don't know if you know this or not, but hummingbirds' wings, they move like infinity, like the infinity symbol. I'm out here on the balcony, and uh, my good friend, the antenna tree, starts moving, starts moving around. Every time I call, call out its name, every time I look at it, it starts moving around. I love it. It starts waving to me. Look up hummingbirds and the symbolism of hummingbirds. See what you find. Uh, also, what you're about to hear is a piece of the the meditation that we use. It's been said that Hue, H-U, is the, which is funny because human, hum, hug, uh, um, that word Hue is the sound of God. It's the song of God. So it's pretty interesting, isn't it? Listen to that. Did you hear that horn? That's in it. That's those are, and then the little bird, those are reassurances that the universe is listening as far as I'm concerned. That's how I play with it. Anyway, here we go. (laughs) Get ready. Get ready for some really unique information that uh, I promise you, you're probably not going to hear anywhere else. If you have any uh, more questions or you want me to direct you towards some of these people, um, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, 
Oh, 9 p.m. tonight, Pacific Standard Time. That's when we're meeting on Zoom, on the Zoom call. And so go to Mark Sims, M-A-R-K-S-I-M-S, Sims, like simulator. Go to Sims, just like the video game name. Interesting, huh? Go to his Facebook. He's going to do it on there live, but also we're going to be on Zoom live. So I'm sure he's going to put up the code on there so you can join us if you're interested. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to Inspirato Projecto. If you've got any questions, you can email me at inspiratoprojecto at gmail.com. You can also call me at 561-203-9179 and leave a message on there. And then I will include you in the, in the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Present experience. Um, so, so these are what I'm describing through these use of these words are actual dimensions of celestial consciousness. These, okay. Uh, with the entire complement is 15 dimensions. Okay, I'm going to stop there. Are there any questions? Uh, yeah, I'm sure if anyone has any questions, please uh, raise your hands. And I just want to uh, recap. We have Mark Sims from the Harmonic Convergence uh, movement uh, for ev- everyone that is just jumping in into the chat. And uh, Mark is explaining the different uh, the different stages of universal consciousness. Uh, so if you cut any of that or anyone that be listening, if anyone has any questions, please uh, raise your hand on your study yeah. and we'll try to get uh, as many as permitted yes I have a question okay um, I, I've heard that uh, that transition from astral to uh, physical at some point it could have been gel like gel and then before solidifying is that do you think that is true well, I think what you're trying to describe is how does a higher dimensional, like astral being, manifest the physical body in the physical realm. And I don't know how that takes place, frankly. All I know is that it's possible for an astral being, a higher dimensional, what in this model is represented as a six-dimensional being of six dimensions of freedom. Um, what I... In the green column on the right, you see at the top the label Dimensions of Freedom. In the physical realm, we have three spatial dimensions, which I show down below. But when you become an astral being, after becoming human, when you ascend to that level after physical death, you are you become an astral being. It's like the um, caterpillar becoming the butterfly after it... Uh, is released from the cocoon and um, and what Tejbar explained to me is that when a human being dies usually they're reincarnated to, into another human being to continue their journey of developing into a, a highly spiritual being for the purpose of eventually becoming an astral astral being and when they meet the conditions of ascension then that's what happens. And the, in the bottom row, I have a 
definition or the brief description of what's required to advance to the next major stage of conscious evolution for the individual uh, soul. So uh, for, you can see in stage one and stage two, it's just all you have to do is procreate. As an insect or as an amphibian, reptile, or fish, you just have to procreate. In stage three, which is the stage of the birds and waterfowl, you have to mate and raise young to adulthood. In stage four, same thing. You have to mate and raise, you know, uh, animal your your pups uh, to adulthood. For humans, it's now more than that. You have to master unconditional love, and then you can ascend. And then you become an astral being, a higher dimensional being that has access to us to six dimensions of freedom, and has access to ten dimensions of consciousness. Um, but to access the five in the physical realm, they have to manifest a physical body. Okay. To to experience the physical senses, you have to have a physical body. I mean, this is self-evident, I believe. And this is what Teshbar explained to me, that when he merged with me, he then could experience the physical world through my body, through my nostrils. He could smell things. Through my taste buds, he could taste. Through my eyes, he could see the world in, in a different way, in the physical way. And he could hear what I was hearing. But that was only possible by being in my body. And he happens to be a celestial being. When I met him, he was a 12. He was at level 12, what I label here as apprenticeship. Now, by merging with me, he's a level 13 being. And the level, the, the symbol for level 13 uh, beings is the Metatron's cube, which is made up of 13 circles. If anybody knows sacred geometry well, they're aware of this. And I've kind of superimposed the Metatron's cube in that number 13 there. Okay. And this, okay? Yeah, we can see it right here. Okay. And in fact, he explained to me, in order for him to become a level 13 being at the celestial level, he must commune with a physical being in the physical realm, and that would be me. Okay, so what? Um, all and you could you could say, whoa, Mark, are you are you telling us that you are now a celestial being? Have you been somehow chosen? Uh, you know, are you some kind of prophet? No. What I am here to tell you is that what I experienced, you have access to yourself. You can experience too, but there's work involved. You have to do the work. And that's what the CE6 meditation, in, a, in large part, is all about. It's about meditating. It's about centering yourself, about developing these dimensions of consciousness so you can have access to the higher realms, so to speak, and pull down or channel knowledge, information from these higher realms. And you, too, can have a communion with a celestial being. And I'm going to let you in on the biggest you know, uh, thing of all that what I recently learned, I suspected it for a number of years, but he confirmed for me 
that Teshbar is literally my future higher self. Okay, and we all have these higher selves, this this celestial aspect of us, the higher self. That so, well, Mark, so if, if Teshbar is your future higher self, that means that you were also the person that he was in, in Chile? That's right. Wow. In, in Argentina, in Terra del Fuego. Argentina, correct. Mark, I have a question. Yes. Uh, Anna, we're, uh, if you can raise your hand, we have uh, a list of people uh, oh, okay. ready to, to go. So uh, the next person we have is Echo Blake uh, next, and then when Mark is done with his response. Okay, so am I answering a question for Mary right now? Uh, or, or Echo Lake? No, that was, uh, I don't know who asked that question. And another thing that I will uh, ask you is when you ask the question, please say your name and where you are from. So uh, whose question was this? Because it only said iPhone on the screen. Okay, no response. Okay, so. I can, I can be quick. Okay, yeah. Hi, Echo Lake. Hello, Mark. Thank you so much for signaling the new era. Um, right on time, brother. Thank um, you. Thank you. It's my pleasure and honor. It's really, it's incredible how we're, we're, we're moving together as species of the evolution. And the transmissions are coming through and, and really what we're to force in making space and, and signaling the, the transition of our species. Um, I'm curious if, uh, you know, all these uh, aspects here, just focusing on this chart, I have to put a chat a question in the chat there that uh, was forwarded to you by email. But I, I wanted to ask, uh, relative to this chart, all of these are, are simultaneous, right? I mean, uh, I, I guess I was curious about Tejbar's relationship to both time travel, but also the, the coexistence of multiple incarnations of all of these stages that, that are being laid out so clearly in this chart. I've done a lot of esoteric uh, research. I'm curious if you also mentioned, um, you know, uh, Rudolf Steiner's work or, or Swedenborg or Tejbar well, referenced the Greek. Te yeah, Tejbar never referenced uh, Swedenborg or um, Steiner directly. That came as a consequence of my own independent study. What Tejbar did have me do is study things like numerology and uh, sacred geometry, um, the world, the major world religions was an area he encouraged me to study. He had me study Freud, Sigmund Freud. Um, so I studied Sigmund Freud quite deeply. Um, and in particular, the, appar the, the psychic apparatus model um, and how that factors into the big picture of how consciousness works. Um, he had me study quantum mechanics um, and a number of other things. But, uh, you know, to the, your question of how do we access time or, you know, does everything happen in once? For us humans in the physical realm, obviously not everything is happening at once. Um, we are 
on a timeline. We're experiencing time along a linear path from the past into the future. That's just how it works. Time, Tejbar said to me, keeps everything from happening at once. So we can have a physical experience and we can go through the change that is life and is our spiritual development. You must have this, you know, linear time experience for you to go through the changes to, you know, evolve into something more than what you once were. But he did elude or talked very specifically about imaginary time as one of the dimensions of reality. And I have that on the far right of this chart, you can see. Um, so there are two dimensions of time in this model. Linear time is the column in blue, and then purple is the imaginary timeline. And what he said to me is that we access this all the time. We just don't think of it as a dimension, uh, of one of the dimensions mentioned or referred to in the model that is superstring theory. Um, and he says we access it all the time. We take it for granted. And it is simply the ability of our mind to think about a memory in the past or, or recall you know, an experience from our past and bring it to our mind so that it's in our CPU. If you think about your brain or your mind as the central processing unit of your awareness of the now, you're pulling information from the past into your CPU and you're accessing that previous memory in the Akashic record by exercising the imaginary timeline. We likewise project into the future whenever we plan for an important event. Let's say we are planning to launch a business and we think of all the things that we need to put into the business plan. We are literally imagining the business, laying it out kind of like a blueprint and constructing it in our mind. And then once we imagine that and we put it down on paper, we begin executing or otherwise manifest, manifesting that business into the physical reality. And that what he says is that all possibilities exist, all possibilities exist, so they all exist simultaneously, but we being masters of our, our reality we drive the car, we drive the ship using imaginary time by setting a destination and going for it and just keep going for it. As we go towards that goal that we imagined, we're literally bringing into the present reality a, a, a parallel future existence that does exist, but we're pulling it into the physical realm by working towards that goal. Does that help answer that question? Absolutely. Thank you so much. I'll, I'll definitely want more details when we can talk at more length. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Do, do you, you have time to, to take more questions, Mark? I do. I would love to answer more questions. So next we have Deidre and then Anna. So uh, Deidre, if you'd like to unmute yourself and ask uh, Mark. So Mark, um, I'm from Alaska, 
And um, when after I did that um, meditation at 3 a.m., um, when I went to sleep later, I was woke up by this really large humming sound and light. I mean, I, I could see light through my eyelids being closed, and my dog was barking. And when I sat up, and, and I could just feel this whole vibrational energy going through my body, and it went on for like 15 minutes. But what I saw was um, holographic images that were colorful around my room. Uh-huh. So that was just my interesting experience of after doing that, that uh, meditation at 3 a.m. Oh, so wonderful. I haven't yet to figure out what, what it all means yet, but that's what I experienced. Well, that's very, very it. cool. I found it interesting that the dog heard it so often. That was what right. was interesting. So that's a confirmation that you had a real experience, number one. That's important because often when we have these um strange experiences we are later we later begin to doubt whether we had them and so it was really great that your dog was there and your dog experienced it and you you know that it was a real thing um so tell me again you you said something about a holographic uh imagery or can, can you tell speak more to that um, yeah, I saw like geometric shapes that were holographic and in color that were like uh -huh. around me in like the air. Okay. Okay, I want you to do uh, yourself a great favor. Mm -hmm. There's a thing called a tesseract. Are, have you heard of a tesseract? No. Okay, I'm going to explain this um, first by uh, through words. When you take, imagine you have in your hand a wireframe of a cube, okay? And you have a light shining on the ground. Maybe the sun is shining really brightly and casting a shadow on the ground. And as you hold this, this cube, a wireframe cube in your hand, you rotate it in the sunlight and project it on the ground which is a shadow, is a two-dimensional projection of this three-dimensional cube in your hand, right? Right. And you can orient that in such a way to make your three-dimensional cube look like a square in the shadow on the ground, right? But if you continue rotating it, you will still recognize the cube in the ground, but it won't be a square. It'll look like, you know, it'll change in shape. What you were seeing outside the window was a projection of a, of a higher dimensional object in three dimensions. And this is, so it's like a shadow of a higher dimensional object, but it appears as a three dimensional object. Now, if you go onto YouTube, I want you to search for the word Tesseract. I believe it's spelled T-E-Z. Uh, here, I'm... I'm, uh, can, 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 I, can I have your phone for a second? I need to do a, a search on it. Susan Lilly just had one up. If you look at Susan Lilly's screen right now, she has a 3D one spinning. It's oh, okay. That's correct. Okay. So, um, yeah, so that, 
that is a height that's a four-dimensional object that is um, rendered into three dimensions which is ultimately then rendered into two dimensions on the on the computer screen because your computer screen is two-dimensional a three-dimensional object is an illusion it's it's again a projection onto a two-dimensional surface of a three-dimensional object and we view it as three-dimensional because of the shading but when you have a higher dimensional object like a Tesseract, which is a four-dimensional object, and you begin rotating it, and, and this is done mathematically, and that's projected then into three dimensions, which is then in turn projected into two dimensions so you can see it on the screen, you get this weird-looking thing. And that's what you saw outside your window. It was a, probably an astral ship or an astral portal that was rotating and, and it was moving in the higher dimensional space and that's what it, that's why it was moving and looked like sacred geometry spinning or moving around. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much. Did that answer uh, your question, Deidre? Okay. I 
this for me was the holy grail. I, I spent so much time reading books about love and unconditional love, and I had come across the answer many times, but I just didn't really uh, figure it out until recently. And the reason I figured it out is because I applied it. I applied this idea of unconditional love. What I originally thought was it was simply um, mastering the kind of love we have for our children. So I have a daughter. She's now 30 years old. I'm very proud of her. She's a doctor who lives and works in a hospital in Philadelphia. And More than a doctor. I'm a pediatrician. Are you really? Wonderful, wonderful. Well, my, my daughter um, is someone I am just so proud of. And no matter whether she was a doctor or anything, I would have been proud of her. I love her no matter what. If she were to do the most horrible thing in the world, I would be there for her. I would support her. There's nothing she could do that would keep me from loving her. And that's what I thought this unconditional love was. And I was so certain about it that it, there were times when I just felt that's, that's got to be the answer. And I stopped searching. I stopped questioning what it was. But then something happened in my life um, in 2016 that led to this journey of that ended in my discovery of the real answer. And that is the love, the unconditional love you have for yourself. That we are human beings. And by definition, we make mistakes. It's part of our spiritual development. And some of these mistakes we make in our lives are of such magnitude that we can never forgive ourselves. And so that that holds us back it it we can't that guilt is so heavy that we can never get we can never be happy or feel true love for ourselves or for others and what i discovered is that un, mastering unconditional love is simply it is the unconditional love you have for yourself being able to forgive yourself and move on and don't let your mistakes define who you are because they will hold you back from being a more spiritually developed human being and mastering unconditional love and ultimately you cannot truly love another person or thing without first mastering unconditional love for yourself and that is the answer that is that is it and I want to give you a very important exercise. I want you all to practice tonight before you go to bed. When you're getting ready for bed, go look at yourself in the mirror. Look into your own eyes. Look at your own into your own eyes as though you're looking into someone else's eyes and say, I love you. You are perfect. You are a wonderful human being. And you are great and have great potential. And just keep telling that to yourself because it's true. You are an amazing being with unlimited potential. And so do that. That That is going to get you there very quickly if you keep at it. And there will be those of you that will have a very difficult time with this simple exercise. I know because I, when I started doing it, I, I really had a hard time looking myself in the eye and saying that and believing it. But then I realized I had this major breakthrough that, of course, I'm, I, I'm 
worthy of unconditional love. I, I'm a human being. I'm a, I've, I'm a, a good person. I've lived a good life. Yes, I've made some mistakes. I have regrets. But but you know what? I've now I've let it go. I've forgiven myself for all those regrets that are holding me back. I don't regret anything anymore. I I cherish my mistakes. I cherish them. They are lessons that I need to learn to teach me what's good and what's bad. You know what's right and what's wrong. And now that I've made that mistake, I know I will I won't repeat it. I'm going to stay away from that behavior and want to stick to doing the right thing. And that's it. That's it. Well, thank you so much for that, uh, Mark. I hope that answered Anna's question, which was a beautiful question. I think many of us have that same uh, that same question. And it just transmuted my perception of love. It's completely transformed. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. My pleasure. It's the key. It's absolutely the key. It's the most important thing I can teach you. Forgive yourself. You are a beautiful, perfect being. There are no regrets. If you have a regret, go forgive yourself in the mirror for, for that and just realize it was just part of learning process. There are no mistake. There, there are no mistakes. There are only lessons. Correct, and I think that's one of the things that it's kind of a big part of the learning process and understanding that we talk about forgiveness a lot, but we, or at me personally, I always think that it was forgiveness to others, and I forgot to forgive the, you know, the, that myself uh, first. So that's my experience. Um, so yeah. next we have uh, Mary. Mary, if you can come up and please uh, remember to keep the question short and say your name and where you're from. Thank you. Oh, yeah. um, I'm so excited. I got my name is Mari Maripaz or Mariposa. I have so many names, <laughs> but I'm known as Mari. I live in uh, LA County. Um, I have so many, well, I guess it's many questions in one. Um, I had, I, I mean, I've been with you, Mark, such far, and uh, another friend of mine that gave me the friend of, uh, the name of Mariposa, which is right here, Sony, uh, Kurt, he's my sorcerer, my, my wizard. He unlocked me, he unlocked this fairy. So, um, and now that you're, you're talking about the, the, realms of creation and all this it makes sense because i've had near-death experiences before and uh, i i was being in touch with the celestial beings and i was really scared that i was gonna die but they gave me another chance and they gave me another chance because i have a mission and now i get it so um i i was that was my first um experience with the celestial beings and i was in the that um transition of going back to all my my memory all, all my past um memories until i was a child <laughs> But fortunately, right. I, 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 fortunately, I was saved for a purpose. So here I am. And um, it makes sense that you, I saw you because I had been in touch somehow with the celestial beings. I, I have seen the army of angels. By the way, they're beautiful. <laughs> and I, I see them angels. right with you. I see them right with you. They're <laughs> blinking at us. Oh, I, I that, know. I that, <laughs> is everybody seeing that? 
They're right there. They're right on the screen. Do you see them? They're they're blinking right there. Yeah, they're there with you. I have seen purple. I have seen purple. purple yeah, they're right there. That's, that's them.
and I'd like to interview you because your near-death experience is very consistent with other stories I've heard and people I know that have had experiences like you have had. And I want to, I'd like, would you mind uh, being on, on uh, one of my programs? I am, I'm honored. I, I would love to share my, finally share my story. People think I'm, getting, I'm going crazy. People are telling me that I'm up there and I'm literally up there. I would love to mark. I'd love to be. There, there's in no your doubt. I, I absolutely believe you. I know it's true. And I would love to help you share your story with the world because it's very important. And I think oh my God. the fact that, that your star family, you're, the, the, I'm telling you right now that that blinking light is literally a higher dimensional being who's, who's causing that light to flash for us to witness this. And, uh, and you obviously have had a celestial contact experience through a near-death experience, and that's very consistent with my research, meeting other, you know, hearing other people share their stories. And you, uh, and I can help you make sense of it. I can explain it exactly in scientific terms that these are people that love you. These are people in your family, in your family who are, are around you, they're your angels, and they're your relatives. And this is what the Native Americans and the indigenous people around the world, this is part of their wisdom and their knowledge. They simply uh, channel or contact their ancestors through meditation and through prayer. And they are blessed with wisdom and with guidance and help when they need it. And, and so, we have the access to our ancestors as well. As well. So, so that person or that being that's blinking right now, that's probably somebody who's very close to you, who's passed over, who's recently passed away in the last few years. Do you have a relative, like a mother or a father? And I actually made contact today. I had a revelation, and I have been recording. Oh my God! It's day twenty-three. It's eight twenty-three. I have a, I have something with it. I know, I know what it is. I, I, I've been getting tattoos of this whole thing. It's amazing. It's my grandmother. I made contact with her today. She gave me a, a message. I recorded every hi Maya. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Maya, you're in my story and you are in my revelation, Maya. Right, on the computer. Watch, watch. See that dot? That I'm gonna go full screen. Doing that. It's my grandmother. Yeah, right now. See that? What? Yeah. <laughs> this is happening in real time. Oh my this, God, this Marty. and you can call me and let's meet because wow. uh, I know that 
one thing is that you're not, I've just heard you haven't sleep, slept in a few days, right? I do, and I, I get it because of the ascension. It's part of the ascension symptoms, right? Right, exactly. What's happening is you're, you're having a very energetic experience, and it's resulting in you're not being able to fall asleep. I, I experienced this when I had my communion with Keshbar. I didn't sleep for the first three days. And this is, it's okay for a little while, but then it can become detrimental to your body and to your field, and you need to uh, figure out a way to ground yourself and to calm down. And, uh, because yes. this can become a negative cycle. It can make you sick. And that's not good. Can you put your feet on the ground? Yeah, what, a really good exercise for you to do is to take off your shoes and go ground yourself. Literally, go walk on the grass or take off your, you know, lay down on your back. And if you can take off your, uh, or roll up your sleeves, roll up your legs uh, and ground yourself, that will help you calm down uh, and, and it will, you know, ground you, literally. And you yeah. need some good sleep right now. But I, I know, I'm exhausted. Understand what you're going through. I went through it myself, exactly what you're going through. And it's it's amazing and it's so uh, it's a it's a state of nirvana. And it's It's a state of nirvana. It's it's funny because today I'm wearing this mist and I'm wearing Elvis Presley. <laughs> <laughs> I just I it's music, music, harmony, uh, music is healing me. Music literally music Kill me. I, I was given this song, beautiful song, Free by Hosh, Hosh which is, it, it, it literally unlocked me, it unlocked the, the, the mystery of the 23. Songs, okay. music, music. So I'm going to also send you the 13 songs that Teshbar had me recreate, reproduce. Okay. And and it, it's healing music. It's it, just like you, you, you're listening to music to heal. Look, what's that? Whoa! What's, what's up there behind? Is that a plane behind you? Look at the sky. Oh, did you see that? Did you see that? Tom, Mary, so, Mary say something so you, the screen can shift to you. Talk. Let's just be quiet. Let's let Mary just feel into this.
are you doing, Mary? I'm feeling a lot of energy. Yeah, I can imagine. I, 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 she just hugged me. So, Mary, Tejbar told me years ago that my purpose, in part, was to help people like you deal with this transition. You are going through something that I went through back in 2012, and I can help you. It's really important that we meet, okay? Where are you calling from, Mary? Where, where do you I'm, live? In, she's I'm in currently LA. in West Covina. West Covina, so yeah, she's she can, close. She can come up. So, yeah, we can... So, uh, what do you want to do right now, Mary? Because we're here to support you. If you feel like you need any support, um, you know, we're, we can do that remotely. I can, I can send some, uh, you know, support to you energetically right now if you would like to receive it. I would love that. I, I, I need that. Okay. Okay. I just want you to listen to my voice. Here, give me this. Close your eyes and listen to my voice. Well, we're going to start with some breathing exercises, okay? Are you uh, are you comfortable right now, physically? I am. Okay. Close your eyes and take a deep breath. And everybody else can enjoy. Please join us with uh, Marie. Um, we're going to do the CE6 protocol, just the breathing exercises, and we're going to sing Hugh, okay? Okay, take a deep breath in and breathe out through your mouth. And everybody, while you're doing this, send your love to Mary. We're going to take a deep breath in now, and as we take a deep breath in, feel that pressure in your lungs as if it's your lungs are filling up with love, energy, and you're charging up your heart chakra. And as we sing the note of creation, the hue, send, imagine you're sending that note, that sound of love, directly to Marie. And let's go ahead, and if you feel like you are softly saying this note. Let's just experiment with this. Let's go ahead and unmute ourselves. Everyone can unmute themselves. And let's give, let's sing to Mary.
This is Robert from Twin Peaks, and you're listening to Inspirado Projecto. Got a light? 